Mac Power Users, Episode 295, Workflows with Sean Blanc. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you today, Katie Floyd? It's been an interesting day, David, but I'm I'm well. How are you? Interesting. Why is it interesting? Well, we were just talking before the show that the uh, Star Trek Beyond trailer dropped today. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the Star Wars week as we record this. Star Wars uh, is about to come out. You know, it's just like the week of CES. Apple's got to tease a little thing. The week yeah. of Star Wars, Star Trek's got to tease a little something. I have a sound effect for today's show. Oh, boy. I'm so ready. Just another couple of days. Anyway, uh, we have a guest with us who's very patiently sitting there listening to us be nerds. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Sean Blanc. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so great having you back. I, you know, I looked at uh, when I was prepping the show notes, I, you know, because episode MPU 126, which is a few years back, oh you know, my we're near to one, we're near 300 now. You talked to us all about the Mac home server, and I, we may even jump into that just a little bit today, but um, I, I can't find, we didn't do a workflow show with you, did we? No, we've only done the the Mac home server. Ah, uh, shame on me. I'm so Can't sorry. Be horrible. Can't that was a yeah, 170 well, episodes ago. Yeah, crazy. Wow. And, and you know what? We'll be we'll have 170 more because you guys are incredible. Congrats on so many. You're almost at 300. I know. That's, That's a crazy. feat of strength. Uh, you know what? We just love it. I mean, I love it. I, I think Katie would would agree. And, Absolutely. And you know, every week, I. Uh, it's not, you know, you have certain things in life you dread, and this is not one of them. This is one I can't wait to get on the mic every That's week. Awesome. As soon as I got your invite, I was super excited. I mean, because this show just has a, I mean, the reputation precedes it. Oh my gosh, so that's crazy, you guys. We're you guys a, been doing amazing. We're a, we just hack away. Uh, but I, um, I, I did have a scene, senile moment because I, I would have sworn that we had done a workflow show with you and we had, and that, that is uh that's shameful. So, so Sean, for people who don't know, uh, does SeanBlanc.net, which is kind of your home on the internet. Um, Sean writes about productivity. He does some, some really great stuff. And like, you know, he's responsible for many things I've purchased over the years, including a very fancy camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I, and I send him little emails once in a while. And he always writes me back and is very patient with me. <laughs> but, uh, he, Sean has also kind of evolved a bit. You know, you're not just a guy who writes about technology. You also write about a lot about productivity concepts and motivation and, and things that are hanging us up, which I think has a big overlap with our audience because, um, a lot of people listen to the show, um, are looking to use technology to be more productive. And, they're doing that for the reason that they want to get home to their kids or they want to go watch the Star Wars movie or do something other than work. And I just feel like uh, it's just long overdue to talk about some of these these subjects with you, both how you do it with technology and and maybe some of the whys that you are answering over at uh, SeanBlanc.net. I love it. I love talking about the nerdy stuff. I haven't I've kind of stepped out of that role a little bit in the yeah. last few months. And so I'm, I'm looking for I like to. Geek out a little bit. Well, that's stuff. kind of an interesting starting point. Is how how did you kind of do that? I mean, because because uh, you really were about software and you know all the kind of nerdy stuff we talk about on our show. That was really my introduction to you. That was the stuff you were doing. And over the last couple of years, you really have kind of evolved. Was that kind I mean, of a decision, or how did that it, happen? No, it totally just happened. Um, I mean, just like experimenting. You know, just going, hey, let's 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 try this thing. So a big thing that shifted for me was two years ago when I started this new website called The Sweet Setup. I mean, new at the time, it's two years old now. Um, and so that was, we started doing like a lot of the major in-depth reviews of iPhone and Mac apps. 
Um, cause I don't know. If, yeah. I mean, you guys probably get this question all the time. I used to get this uh, quite a bit. I don't get it as much anymore. Now, now we just send people to you. Brand. Exactly. But they're going, Hey, you know, iOS seven, I hate the new calendar app. What's the best one that I should switch to? Right. Like you just get questions like that constantly. And so I was like, man, we need a site that's kind of dedicated to basically kind of assessing the landscape within certain categories of apps. Um, plus I did all these, uh, you know, similar to you guys, you do your workflow interviews. I kind of did something similar called the Sweet Max setup uh, interviews. And I would just ask people, you know, what kind of hardware you use, what kind of software you use. Um, I think, Katie, I know we've had you on the site, David. I don't know if we've, yep. I think we've had you on the site. I've lost track. I can't remember. Like I said, I'm, I guess I'm senile. I, I don't remember. I may have. I, I don't remember yeah. either. Well, anyways, and so we'll just ask people, hey, like, you know, what, what hardware do you use? What software do you use? So basically build a whole site for that. So that kind of like left a void in my, um, like writing, you know, I didn't, ha- I had less to write about because now I have an entire site dedicated to these in-depth reviews and these interviews, which I'd have been doing completely on my own. Now I had a team of people helping and some contributing authors. So that was really fun. And so I really wanted to write this book about, um, like diligence was kind of my term is like the diligence book was actually the name of the the project in OmniFocus uh, for this, this book. And I was like, I want to write about basically living a focused life. Cause it's something that's super important to me as, you know, just as a husband, as a father, as, you know, just like a man going, I want to, I want to do this, not as a person on the internet, but like, as you know, Sean, who, you know, gets up and has coffee in the morning type of a thing. And I was like, I think I, I would like to write about this topic. So I started writing this book and the kind of the background. Um, and I had like the whole first draft written. It was 17,000 words. It was called the power of a focused life, which is a term that I stole from my pastor when I was like 20 years old. Uh, he had preached this sermon called the power of focused life. And it was a very practical sermon uh, just about, you know, how to set goals and how to know what's important to you and how to walk that stuff out, which as a 20 year old was literally like life changing for me. Yeah, And so here I am, you know, 15 years later, I said, write this book. Um, and so I like emailed him like, Hey, I want to write a book, this old sermon you preached like years ago. Can I use the title? He's like, Oh, absolutely. So that was really cool. So I wrote the whole book and this was literally a year ago. Like, I think like probably a year ago this week, I finished the book, the first draft of it. And like I said, it was about 17,000 words. And then I, I said, well, I should figure out how um, like, what am I missing here? Cause it was just kind of everything that I knew that I had, uh, just from my own experiences and the things that I liked to do and, and just little tidbits that I'd picked up uh, here and there. But I was like, I know there's a lot of people, you got Stephen Covey and Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins and so many others that are kind of like these, like the fathers of productivity or, or whatever, um, that I know that they've got some wisdom that I don't have. So I bought a whole bunch of books, like 50 books off Amazon. And just kind of spent about two months just kind of binge reading all these books about goal setting and, and values and vision and uh, work-life balance and how to reduce stress and how to manage your time. And some stuff that was like super philosophical and some stuff that was super practical. And I don't know if you guys like have read these books where you're going through the chapters and then you get to the end of the first chapter and it says, you know, you've, you've kind of learned some of the stories and the, the theories in this chapter. And then it says, okay, here's some action items for you to do. Now that you've reached the end of this chapter and you're like, oh, that's neat. Turn the page. Okay. Chapter two. And you just keep going. And I was doing that, right? Like I wasn't like, I'm reading these books, I'm highlighting them, I'm underlining them, I'm making notes. And then like when I'm done, I'm just putting them back on the shelf and not like not doing anything with the actual like wisdom that was in the book. And go, wait a minute. Like if I'm, if I'm not doing anything with these books, 
like how many people are going to read my book and it's, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to read it. They're going to like it. Maybe they'll tweet about it. And then that's it. And it's just another book on the shelf. And I was like, I, a, as a, as kind of like a, someone who wants to affect change in people and say like, this is really valuable and wanting as many people to get across the finish line as possible. I didn't like that idea. And B, I just go, I was like, I think I could make something way more valuable if it, instead of it being a book, it was a course. And so I, I, I literally just threw away all 17, well, not literally, but like, I, I just stopped everything that I've been doing and I started over from scratch and I took the same ideas, but instead of it being, here's all the theory and then kind of action items hidden within, I pulled all of that out and they made this course. That's just basically you, there's a lots of little assignments and it's just an entire, like it's action driven. And so you do stuff every single day and then you can read about the why and all the science and all the supporting stuff and all the additional material and kind of the the big picture stuff. You can read about that if you want, or you can just say, I'm going to do this assignment and you can just have fun and go through it that way. Um, I've always felt like, um, and I, I don't know, I got this from somebody along the way, but uh, it's like reading a book. The difference between reading a book on how to hit a baseball and picking up a baseball bat are there's a tremendous gap there. Yeah. And, uh, and I do think with a lot of these productivity books is, is you do, you're reading about how to hit a baseball, but you're never swinging the bat. And uh, like from my experience with the Stephen Covey, actually uh, with the, with the David Allen book, with the getting things done was, was really going through the exercises was, was what really ended up in making that whole system stick with me. Exactly. Cause that's but, where you get the light bulb moments. Yeah. And I've got this kind of theory that um, a lot of people like me and Katie and you and the people who listen to our show um, in a lot of ways, we're really clever in that we figure out how to use the technology to manage so many things that other people can't. Like, um, I have literally thousands of tasks in OmniFocus and, and that's not overwhelming to me because OmniFocus is a really professional tool that allows me to just see the ones I need to work on and not make me feel overwhelmed. But, but, and this is the, but, um, when you start getting good at these tools, you sometimes don't have that switch inside you. At least I, I didn't uh, naturally that says, wait a second, just because you can write these things down doesn't mean you can do them all. Mm-hmm. And I think that geeks in general uh, are very adept at biting off more than they can chew. And that's why I think they need something like this focused life course. Yeah. Um, Talk a little bit about the format of how you've set this up, because you opted again not to go with the book format, but talk a little bit about how people are actually running through these, because you've got some interesting video components along with actual um, projects that you're having people on and and PDFs and worksheets that people are working through. How did that all come together and decide that that was the the combination of tools that you were going to use to present this material? You know, it just kind of, it kind of fell together. I feel in some ways, like I kind of, like went into this monk mode for like three months and like I woke up and then there was this focus course. Um, that's not really what happened, but sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure. Like I was just, it was this giant project that, um, I literally just like shut everything down. I wasn't answering emails. Um, I have like, you guys know, Stephen Hackett, uh, you know, he co-founded with relay. Uh, he is one of my main project managers that helps me with this sweet setup. And so I was just like, Hey, you're kind of in charge of the site for a little bit. I'm kind of like going to disappear. And I just like, yeah, I don't know if you guys do this, but sometimes when you just have one project that you're kind of focused on and that's it, and you just have all these just loose ends and they're just kind of like floating around in the room and they're on paper and sticky notes and on whiteboard uh, and stuff in OmniFocus and stuff in Simple Note and stuff in my Baron Fig Journal and just kind of everywhere, just kind of all was floating around. 
And I started just writing these, uh, basically like the action items, Katie, I would just be like, okay, here's like, this is a principle that I I think is super valuable. This idea of like deep personal integrity, that when we say we're going to do something, we follow through with it. And that's what a lot of people, you know, when you go to the gym on January 1st and there's a thousand people there and then you come back on January 5th and like gets back to your normal number of people that are in the gym. And it's like, oh, hey, Joe, you know, like there's all those weird people here now. It's just back to the regulars again. And it's because we all, we make this commitment that's this massive commitment, but we don't have this deep personal integrity to be able to follow through with it. And I think, uh, you know, like, especially with nerds, like we're so good at just seeing the big picture, connecting all the ideas and instantly seeing, oh, this is what should happen. And these are the 500 things I should do to make that happen. And so we're really good at putting together our lists, but it's, it's challenging to know like what our capacity is and, and being able to, to basically bite off what we know that we're capable of chewing and then having the, the integrity to follow through with what we're, we're going to commit to. Now, are so you, now let me interrupt there. Are you yeah. talking about integrity towards uh, promises to other people or yourself or towards ourselves? So our personal integrity okay. Okay. that, you know, when you say, you know, I, I come home and I say, when I get home, I'm going to take out the trash and then I'm going to hang out with my kids. But instead when I come home, I say, oh, you know, I really feel like catching up on this yeah, you know, show on Netflix instead. And, and I just don't do what I'm going to, I said, I'm going to do. And obviously like, that's not really a big deal. It's, it's the trash, whatever. But like little things like that, a lot of times in our lives where we're, we're just comfortable making a commitment to ourselves and breaking it that we would never break if we made a commitment like that to somebody else that if, you know, like the show, I said, I'll be here at, you know, seven o'clock my time to, to record the show. And, and I was here and obviously I'm going to like follow through with my commitment to you guys. Cause I want to have integrity toward you. But if I had made a commitment to myself that at seven o'clock, I was going to sit down and write for an hour, seven o'clock rolls around and I don't feel like writing anymore, then obviously like, then I, I didn't follow through with my own commitment that I made to myself. That, now, that's, now that's an issue. And we're going to kind of spin the practical into the, the theoretical here is we often get people writing in or uh, commenting into us about, you know, when they're using their task manager, they don't understand the relationship between a task management system and a calendar and they want to kind of figure it out. And one of the standard things I always tell people and one of the things I practice is I will make appointments with myself. I mean, because there are certain things in your task management system. Maybe I've got one right now that's weighing on me because I broke a commitment to myself yesterday, just ran out of time. And um, so I've got a big project for a client and I need to spend about two hours on it. So um, I do have a bunch of tasks written down my task manager, but I also have a block of time on Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. that says fix this problem, you know, and you got to keep that commitment. And, you know, when you don't like I didn't yesterday, I go to bed and I actually feel bad. It's just like it's just like you feel like this poison inside of you. Like, oh, geez, I can't believe, you know, when you make the time for it. How do, mm-hmm. so, so how do you address that in the course? Is that something like you can get better at through this course? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's an entire module basically dedicated to that. And um, it basically like it's understanding like your capacity and also just like the, you know, David, like that guilt feeling of, oh my goodness, like I am so good at, you know, seeing all the things that still have yet to be done, but not celebrating the things that I did get done. And, you know, like we just only have so much time in the day to get so much done. So I think the calendar stuff is huge because your task list obviously is, you know, that's the what, this is what I'm going to do. And the calendar is when you're going to do it. Like if it has to be, you know, it has to manifest in real life. There's got to be a time where you're going to sit down and do that thing and just having it on your to-do list. um, Like a lot of people just have stuff on their to-do list for philosophical reasons. You're like, this is on here because it's important to me. 
but I'm never, ever going to get to it. And, and it's just there because if I take it off my to-do list and it's as if I've given up on that project or that idea or that dream, which is, I mean, like, that's okay. But at the same time, it's like it, just sitting on the to-do list doesn't get any, it doesn't get done. It has to be scheduled. You got to have a time that you're going to set aside to do it. Um, and then, yeah, like being able to recognize here's what I was able to do. Here's what I wasn't able to do. So we have this whole module that actually it's called clarity and you work through basically finding out like what your capacity is in terms of your schedule, how long it takes you to do, uh, common tasks. Like you're, you know, we talk about how you're spending your time already, how you'd like to be spending your time. If you could make adjustments to that. Um, and we kind of compare like your current, you know, schedule to like what a dream schedule would look like. And then we take little baby steps to, to begin to move toward that direction and, and stuff like that. Um, cause I think that's, that's super valuable. It's, it's one thing to have it stuff written down. It's another thing altogether to be able to do it. Well, I want to talk to you more about this because like that is something, maybe I'm using this as my personal, personal coaching session, Sean, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. but, but I do ready. think, I do think that that He'll is something send you the that, bill later. Yeah. I do think that's something people need to understand is, is the capacity and like, you're right. I mean, you, like I said, I think us nerds, we have a problem where we just feel we, we forget to, or refuse to recognize our own personal capacity or where we take on extra work in the day. Just not everything's going to get done. So we, I want to talk about how to deal with that before we do though. I wanted to take a minute to talk about our first sponsor of the show today. And that's our friends over at Braintree. Uh, this episode's brought to you by our friends at Braintree, which is easy uh, code for online payments. Now, if you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Uh, Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel, Living Social, Munchery. Yeah, just little companies like that. They handle the uh, payment processing through Braintree. They've made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical. And now you can add a similar experience to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problems of mobile cart abandonment by offering the best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now you can add a similar experience to your own apps. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment integration solution, Support with all payment types that your customers might want, including PayPal and Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, more. You know, they've got it covered. And it's all with a single integration. And it's with you across all platforms with uh, superior fraud protection and their fantastic customer service and fast payouts. You really can't go wrong. To learn more and get your first $50,000 in transactions fee free, go to braintreepayments.com slash MPU. Once again, that's braintreepayments.com slash MPU. It really is the solution. I mean, I'll, when companies like Uber and Airbnb have picked it, you're probably just fine as well. So thanks, Braintree. And um, let's get back with Sean. So so you were mentioning um, that you just kind of hit a touch point for me because yesterday I had a little bit of a meltdown, as, as, as indicated. Uh, and it's, it's exactly the problem you're describing where additional problems come up. And uh, I deal with those. And at the end of the day, I actually worked the full day, but I still didn't get the things I wanted done. Um, and, and I think a lot of us nerds are always dealing with this capacity issue because we're always biting off more than we can chew. And, and I understand at some points you have to say no, but I also think at some point uh, a little bit better focus can allow you to say yes to a few things that you probably wouldn't. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. You are right. I, I also think that there's a fear with a lot of people who are maybe in 
um, you know, that we have these side gigs that maybe turn into our full-time gigs. And I, I know you're sympathetic to that, Sean, because you've, you've mm-hmm. got this great story of, you know, how you were able to, to quit your full-time job several years ago and, and focus on what was important to you. But, you know, we, those of us who have, who have chosen to maybe scale back at our full-time professions or pursue these side gigs, we're, we're always kind of worried that if we don't say yes, people will stop asking. And then will we still be able to do the things that we want to do? Um, so there's that that fear as well, uh, figuring out what are the right things to say yes to. And if I stop saying yes, will people still come? Yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. And, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that one. Um, because I think for everybody, and this is a huge thing, Katie, like, um, so I'm doing this, this class right now. Uh, it's called the elements of focus. It's kind of like a free version of the focus course itself. And when people were signing up for it, um, I was asking everyone, hey, like, what is, what's the biggest thing that you're struggling with right now? And like, uh, what's a big challenge for you? And like 95%, like almost every single answer that came back. Um, and I got hundreds and hundreds of, of replies, uh, probably close to 500. And almost everybody said, it's this, you know, trying to gain traction in my side project. And I'm, and, you know, trying to focus on that. Or, you know, when I come home from work, I'm so exhausted from work that I don't have any energy left over for this, this side project that I'm working on or this passion that I want to work on in the evenings or or whenever that may be. And so not only is it like, you kind of just feel that just general life is, is already full enough to allow space for your side project, but then it's the feeling of like, well, I need to, I got to commit to everything because, uh, you know, if I, if I say no to any opportunity or if I, if I don't follow up with this person right away, or if, if anything goes out the door, that's not, you know, perfectly, you know, crafted and extremely well put together, then that's going to hinder my reputation. And then it's just going to be a downward spiral from there and I'll never recover. And, um, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a tough spot to be in. It's a, it's an anxiety inducing, it can be stressful. Um, and I felt that way for a long time, basically just fear of putting anything out that wasn't a hundred percent, just perfect and awesome and incredible. And, um, I feel like kind of kind of stepping back from that and kind of feeling like in some ways I had this like scarcity mindset that, you know, if I, I had to say yes to everything or the the opportunities would go away. And I think in some cases that could be the case. Like you, you begin to, uh, you know, like for me, I, I've kind of been moving more towards this direction of the productivity stuff and, and kind of life value, life vision, work-life balance topics and so obviously like some of my relationship circles and online circles have begun to, to shift because I've said yes to more opportunities and relationships in this space. And a lot of like the Mac nerdy tech stuff has, you know, that's slowed down. But as a, as a holistic picture, like my, the work that I'm doing, the relationship that I'm, relationships that I'm building are still moving forward. It's just now a, a slightly different direction as I'm putting more energy in this uh, area. And there's this really incredible book by um, Derek Sivers, who's the the founder of CD Baby. It's called Anything You Want. And that's like his whole premise is when you're building a project, when you're building a business, you can build anything that you want. And you get to choose the sorts of customers that you work with, the, the, the prices that you charge, the quality of work that you put out, the relationship between you and your, your employees, if you're building a team, whatever that may be. And I think that that's one of the hard parts that, that we face is going like when we have that scarcity mindset compared to going like, I really want to build something that is, it, this is the the internet that I want to exist, or this is the podcast that I want to exist, whatever it is. 
and, and trying to balance that if I do it well and do it right, there'll be forward momentum in that, that area. And I think that's a good point. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with this personally in my day job because earlier this year I left. And there are no such thing as safe salaried positions, but that's that's the myth that people think I've got mm-hmm. a nice safe salaried job. But you know, I left that job to move to a different position where it's it's more of a you know you you eat what you kill. And you know when the phone rings and I've got a client who wants to to pay me for something, but I'm thinking I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm I'm not really sure that I want to represent you. I, I'm I'm not sure I I want to advocate for that. I you know I'm not really sure that I. I believe that. Um, you know, most of the times I found that when I go with my gut and just say, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm the one for you. Let me refer you to someone else. Um, it, when I ignore that feeling, it generally works out badly for me. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, I've just, I've learned to to trust that that gut instinct and, and you know, that I'm building the practice that I want to build and, and trust that that will all work out at the end. Yeah, that's huge. It's, you know, it really is interesting. And, and I think, you know, that one of the things you've touched upon that just has occurred to me listening to you is it, it is really hard to answer these questions. I mean, because for every person, the balance is different for every person. You know, the the values, the underlying values are are different. And it, it seems like what you really need is a mechanism to force you to go drag yourself through that process to figure out where you feel comfortable and what works for you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So how's it going? I mean, you, so you've been doing the focused life program now for a while and it sounds like you've got that new free program as well. And I, can we, is it too late to link people into that or no, not it? at all? Not at okay, all. It just so we'll, started as of recording. It just started yesterday. Um, uh, and uh, the, the free program. Yeah. And you've uh, also got the paid program, which I think is very good. I I've been working through it to the extent I can. It's, <laughs> I have the underlying problem of trying to get time to focus the life, <laughs> Yeah, but the, um, but I, I, I think this is something, uh, uh, folks out there should go check out, especially if the, you're asking yourself these same types of questions. Cause Sean is one of us, you know, he's, he is a geek and we're going to talk about that too today. But the, um, but, uh, I think he has a perspective on this that a lot of authors of some of these other books don't. And, um, and I really appreciate you putting yourself out there like this and taking the risk of kind of switching focus like you have. So congratulations to you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, and maybe we're, so we're, we're slowly moving into the to the nerd part <laughs> because cause another thing that you talk about um, that that you've talked about. This is, I think, the overlap topic is is productivity planning. and. Um, and so this is kind of a more, you know, get your hands in the dirt kind of thing where uh, you've got some really interesting thoughts on how to plan time for productivity and the tools you've been using. And this, I know, isn't part really of the course, but it's something you've been doing. I've been kind of watching you from a distance. I was wondering if we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You want to take a quick this- uh, break uh, for next sponsor, Katie? Yeah, we can talk about our next sponsor, and that is our friends over at Hover. And I'm glad to have Hover back for Mac Power users. Hover is absolutely the best place to buy and manage your domain name. So if you're a geek, if you've got a side project, if you're thinking about a side project that you may want to take on, you know what the first thing you're probably going to need for that? Other Besides your great idea, the next thing you're going to need is a great domain name. And Hover is simply the best place to buy and manage your domain names. It's been the place that I have used for 
for years. In fact, I, uh, for my brother's wedding, I bought he and his fiance a domain for their wedding and uh, worked with her and we just made that project go live. And so hundreds of save the date cards have now gone out with that wedding. Uh, And one of the great things is I use Squarespace, another sponsor of ours, to design the site. But Hover has a great feature called Connect. So you can connect Hover with all of your existing services that you have. It is so easy. It is hassle-free. So you can connect Hover to your Google accounts. You can connect Hover to your Squarespace accounts. You do it all right from within their domain management. Um, You can set up domain forwarding. It is fast. It is simple. It is hassle-free. So not only can you find and buy a domain name easily, but you can now manage all of your domain names easily as well. So if you've got a domain name that you've got with maybe another registrar who's not so fast, fast and so it's not so easy and hassle-free, that's okay. You can take them and you can move all those domain names over to Hover as well. And if you don't want to have to hassle with it, Hover's got this great valet transfer service. Well, they will do it for you and they will take all of the hassle out of switching from your current provider over to Hover. And it is all free, whether you've got 10 domain names or 200 domain names. They're just going to take it over for you. They have a no-hold, no-wait policy. You pick up the phone, you call them, someone is going to answer your call, and they are going to take care of you. They know what you're talking about, no matter how simple your problem is, whether it's silly and you can't read something and you've typed it wrong. I've, I've called Hover and done that before, and they did not laugh at me. Um, or whether it's a really complex issue and they've got to get on the phone and conference with somebody else, Hover is going to solve your problem. Their customer support is just amazing, and I cannot speak highly enough out of them. So head over to hover.com, that's H-O-V-E-R.com. Type an idea in their box, or if you already know what domain name you want, you can go straight and look for it. They've got .com domains, which are now just $12.99. They've had a price reduction. Um, and then they've got all the other popular TLDs that you could possibly want, like that .wedding domain that I just bought for my brother and his fiance. And if you want to uh, go over and use coupon code MPU at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. So thanks to Hover for their support of Mac Power users and all of relay fm hey does your brother and like future sister-in-law know how uh, lucky they're to have the super focused power of katie floyd slash nerd at their disposal uh they were a little they were a little surprised at how fast the uh the wedding website went up and um now i'm getting requests so that may be my new side job like i was just thinking i'm like that's that's awesome i mean i really isn't i don't do wedding websites no that's that's, that's your is that it's something a billion that, dollar industry i bet it is like, my you know, mom was a wedding planner so oh, well she and, send, and, you know really send you me your con- site. send me your content 10 photos and your text and five thousand dollars and i will do your wedding website <laughs> there five you crisp new one thousand dollar bills <laughs> there you go and no problem your wedding website will be done <laughs> Anyway, um, the uh, when we did our prep call for today's show, one of the little holes we fell into was talking about planning. And and we talked about a little bit earlier when I was talking about how I schedule time for uh, personal or for projects. But you've got you've gone a little bit deeper down the stack on this stuff. Um, You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. I would. I'd love to. Like, go ahead. I was going to say it kind of I'm a why kind of I like to hear the stories. So if, if I ever just go off on buying trails, you guys just be like, hey, Sean, come back to the question. No worries. No worries. But, it's uh, good stuff. The, the story with this one was a year ago, uh, last fall, uh, we did this huge relaunch of one of the websites that I run. It's called Tools and Toys. And we had a, a good friend of mine, Pat Dryberg, redesign the site. And we, we launched it. I think it was in October. And um, you guys are nerds, so you can sympathize with me. 
So every morning I'm coming down, I'm like, okay, what were the, what were the traffic stats yesterday? Okay. How many people are now, how many people are following us on Twitter? And I, I just kind of started getting into this rhythm of just checking the stats of the site and things like that. And that kind of became the first thing that I would do in the morning. And, and then once you're online and you're kind of like in just shallow work mode of just checking stuff, it's like, oh, now I'm going to, well, I'm checking how many people are following us on Twitter. Oh, now I'm going to, oh, there's this interesting link on Twitter and here's this and this. And so I usually start my work day at seven 30 and it would be like nine or nine 30 before I kind of like came back like, wait, what am I doing? And so that was like a, about a six weeks or so that I was kind of basically, it just became this part of my morning routine. And at first it was totally justified because I'm, you know, I got to monitor the launch and make sure we're doing everything well. But then it just kind of became part of my morning routine. And I realized I was just wasting hours every morning. And so I was like, I got to make a change here. So I made a deal with myself that I wouldn't check any stats or anything like that on any of my websites before nine o'clock in the morning. And that uh, my most important thing that I need to be doing was like writing for the sites. And this was like right in the middle of when I was also working on the the book that I was talking about earlier with the power of focus life. And I was kind of writing that every day. And so I was like, okay, my, my goal first thing in the morning, instead of checking, you know, checking the stats, I'm going to write for 30 minutes, bare bones, at least do 30 minutes every morning. And that kind of, so that, that was about a year ago that I started doing that. And that kind of turned into like resetting how I spend my mornings. And um, now I try not to check email or stats or anything like that before lunch even. And just spend that first part of my day, like on the most important stuff. Like, like that's when I'm going to do, uh, you know, my writing because I write for a living. So if I'm not writing, then I'm, you know, not, not moving the needle forward in my entire job. Um, you know, it's like with you guys, like if you were just ignoring a client for days or days or days, like you'd be in trouble. And if I just ignored my writing for days and days and days, I would be in trouble. And so that's kind of like my most important thing. So I do that. And then I like to, okay. So let me, let me yeah. jump in there a little bit. Yeah, Cause I have sure. a similar experience. The, um, when one of the best, I, I call it a piece of advice, but really was just a kind of an, a question is when I left my, uh, when I went solo the last year, I uh, had a, a call with everybody's uh, favorite geek uh, Merlin man. And he had said, Hey, this is a chance to reset every assumption in your life. You know, not often do you get that, you know, don't do yeah. anything the way you've done it before, just because, you know, out of momentum, take a chance to, to try different things. And, you know, the old days when I had to get up and work for the man, I had to get up, you know, put the suit on, go to the initial morning meeting, talk to the so-and-so, you know, and it would be like, I'd get up at five, but I'd actually get started with work at nine thirty or 10 by the time I got through all that other stuff. And, so one of the things I decided to try when I left was to um, to spend the first two or three hours of the morning just working and ignoring email and all that stuff and just focusing on like the big the big rock problem of the day. I found that it works pretty well for me. That's not true for everyone. I, I mean, I've talked to friends that you know I've shared this experience with. And they say, "Well, that, those morning I'm I'm just a dud in the morning. I can't get anything done. I'm really hot at like you know seven at night or two in the afternoon or whatever your you know pick your hour." Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's something to this that once you find some of the best focus time for you in the day to, to treat that as sacred. Absolutely. And, and um, I, I really think that works. And, and I would encourage people out there listening to find that time for them and, and give it a, give it a shot for a week. I mean, what's it going to hurt? And this is where the, like we were talking about a few minutes ago with the, the task list and the calendar coming together, right? Is you've got this is my what, and this is, this is when I'm going to do it. And so I think the other big part of the puzzle is, you know, David, like you were saying, like that big rock item, like what's that 
thing that's the most important for you to do every day. And so for me, I know the general activity is writing and that's mine. But more than that, so I don't just sit down at 730 in the morning and say, okay, now I'm going to write. Okay, well, now what? What am I going to write about? Um, because then then basically like I have this like two like dual focus as as my friend Sean McCabe likes to say like you, you have dual focus if if you're showing up to do the work but don't yet know what the work is that needs to be done like okay well now I'm here I'm, I'm here to focus on the work but first I got to decide what it is that I'm going to do and so for me like the this is kind of like my my shtick lately is that my writing each day actually begins the day before and I have a little barren fig notebook and I'll just write down the topic that I'm going to write about tomorrow morning. So when I'm at my work day, like around five o'clock or so, um, you know, I, I turn to a fresh page in, in the Baron Fig and I write tomorrow's, uh, you know, day name and the date. And then like the topic that I'm going to write about, whatever that topic is. And so then in the morning I come down at 730, I sit down at my keyboard and the topic has already been decided for me. And, you know, I've had 14 hours to kind of chew on it in the back of my mind and allow my subconscious to think about it. Um, but also then when I sit down, I don't have any other decisions. Like I, like, I just got to write, like, this is it. And this is what I'm going to write about. And that can be extremely powerful. And then the only thing I have to worry about is just doing the work at that time, not choosing the work first. And it helps you to be, you know, you're being proactive instead of reactive. And I think it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I, I realize all I'm doing is agreeing with you, but I, I think that, um, the idea, you know, we talk on our show sometimes about the power of developing a mind map or an outline over time of something important and just going in and, and using little short sprints on it and then coming back to it every day and letting your subconscious mind work on it. It, it really is a, a powerful tool. Now, so powerful. Yeah. Now, Katie, um, when you like, cause, cause you like, you have a lot of obligations. I know, you know, as your <laughs> friend and, and the, the various things, you, in addition to being a wedding planner. Um, yes. That's, that's my do, primary obligation right now. Now, actually. do you, now, do you plan the night before or do you get up in the morning and figure out what you're going to do? How do you figure it out? So one of the things that that I find is I, too, am a morning person. And, and I realize for people who aren't, that that's fine. You just have to figure out what alternation of, of this schedule works for you. But um, I, I find that I tend to be pretty much useless after seven o'clock. And my my most productive day, you know, my most productive time is definitely before 11 a.m. and, you know, maybe maybe even earlier than that. So I try to plan my, the, the hardest thing that I have to do in the morning, you know, I try to plan that, you know, like starting that like around seven or eight o'clock, um, you know, going in, shutting the door and, and getting that done. Um, but definitely by eight or nine o'clock, I'm working on whatever that thing is. But what I try to do to set myself up for that is once I find that I'm out of the productive zone, I, I kind of push all of those other other tasks that I can do to other times. And sometimes it's earlier and sometimes it's after. So even before I get into the office for a day, I'll usually have tried to clear the decks of the email. Anything that's come in, I either, I respond to everything before I leave at the end of the day. So my email is clear. Very rarely has something come in in the morning, but if anything has, I usually deal with it and clear it out even before I get in. And then every day before I leave the office um, or get ready to do my work, I, I try to clear my decks and clear my desk and so that I'm set up and ready to go. I think there's a lot of power to planning your your day the night before and um, with a caveat or two. I, I think it's a bad idea to do it right before you go to bed. I've tried that, you know, like I'll 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 lay out my OmniFocus 
laying in bed on my iPad, you know, and then I'll turn to go to sleep and you know what my brain's doing. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so I think, I think there's like a, there is a, um, there is a spoliation hour <laughs> or something, you know, mm-hmm. so you get, you know, whatever it is for you, maybe it's seven o'clock or five o'clock or what, at some point you say, okay, I've, I've done a decent job of, of, of getting rid of some of the junk for tomorrow. So I wake up and I can get a running start, but don't do it too late. But I, I do think there's some power to that. Now, I think you do that as well. Don't you, Sean? Well, actually you said you did with your book. Yeah, if, I do. Do you yeah, do anything with, more than just writing down what you're going to write about the next day? I'll usually pick my, you know, the MITs, the most important tasks. So I'll grab the the two or three that are going like, okay, this for me tomorrow is like, this is how I'm going to define success. And, you know, I think coming back to like the nerd issue of like, I just love to bite off way, way, way more than I can chew. Right. And I go, I got, I oh mean, I got 10 hours to work tomorrow. I could, man, I could, you know do everything. I'm going to, you know, like swap out the motor in my car during my lunch break. And then in the meantime, I'm going to write three more books. You I know, get you, Sean, I get you. Right. And it's just, <laughs> and I just, I, I, cause I, I feel like I'm Superman and, and just so over time, like going, okay, Sean, like chill out. You're not going to be able to do that. You know, you're going to look on YouTube to figure out how to swap out the engine in the car. And next thing you know, you're just going to be watching the star Wars trailer and you know, it's all downhill from there. And so like, just, learning to say two or three things, if I can get that done, that's actually really, really successful. And David, like you were saying that when you just have those small sprints over time, like they compound just like your retirement account, right? Like you just put a little bit of money aside on a consistent basis. And over years, you know, you turn into a millionaire and it's the same way, like you can become a millionaire with your projects. Like you just can get so much done. Like, I mean, you guys are like living proof of that. Like so prolific you know, doing Mac power users year after year after year. And you're coming up almost on episode 300. One like, show no, at a just, time. Yeah, exactly. You just show up one show at a time. Uh, no pun intended. And I think there's so much value in that. But as like, as nerds where we can connect all the dots and get so excited and we see the idea and it's just like, I mean, it's like a drug and you're so excited about it. Like to, to, to tell yourself that you're not going to be able to cross the finish line tomorrow. If you're starting at the finish line, like that's hard to do, but like learning to admit that and then actually just begin to say, no, this is, that's just the way it is. And you know what? I'm in this for the long run. And in 20 years, I want to still be doing this stuff. And, and so, you know, giving ourselves some margin basically in the day, I think is, is very underrated. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, to follow up on that point, one of the keys to life and this, so this is Dave Sparks going hippie on the Mac power users. Mark, write it down 295. I got my pen ready. Uh, actually, it's probably been going on for a lot more than 295. But but I think a lot of it is people just need to, to go easy on themselves and forgive themselves a little bit. I, I think you get so hung up on this stuff. You do put a lot of pressure on yourself. You do say, well, I didn't answer every email that came in today. And you know what? It wasn't possible today. And that's OK, because I got a lot of other stuff done and I'll deal with the other stuff when I get to it. And if you've got a system you can trust to make sure that the, that the truly important stuff gets done every day or close to done, you can give yourself some forgiveness there. And I think that is actually quite difficult for people to do, especially people who uh, gravitate towards these types of systems where they want everything to be exactly right. They want to ship perfect product every time. Mm-hmm. Wow. We, so that was happy enough, right? This is great. Okay. All I right. love it. Well, I want to talk about um, what are the nuts and bolts you're using to do this. I mean, what kind of calendar program are you using these days? Are you just using your fancy pen and your paper or, are you you know, all that stuff? We got to talk about it. Um, 
before we do, though, I guess we could uh, just take a quick break to talk about our next sponsor on the show. And that's our friends over at Fujitsu. You know what, Katie? I am um, knocking out all of the cookbooks in the Sparks house. Oh, boy. I knew that was coming. We have like four linear feet of them. I was looking. I'm like, we don't need all these cookbooks. And so I got I fired up the bandsaw in the garage and I just did it myself. No problem. I figure cookbook, you know, law books are much more expensive cookbooks. I could just take the risk. I cut the book, brought it upstairs to my Fujitsu IX500. And um, these are color books. They're really pretty. And it takes 50 sheets in the IX500. I put them in there. It's USB three, so it's a fast connection, twenty five pages per minute. And if they're double sided pages, like a cookbook, you're getting fifty pages a minute into the thing. So it literally takes about ten minutes because you got to do it a couple runs, and then you've got this PDF. Fujitsu software has the ability to scan and do the optical character recognition at the same time. So uh, with a very like I'm doing this when I'm on the phone with people, and just like when I have downtime. So I've been like cranking these cookbooks into my IX500 and now I've combined the PDFs and now I can like find whatever it is I'm looking for. I can just find it. And it's like, it's like changing the stuff I'm cooking. Cause now I can say, you know, tortilla soup and I can find all three recipes throughout all my library. Uh, so it's just really great. And I have this Fujitsu scan snap to thank for it. It's just, a, it's just really, I think the the best system for getting uh, physical paper into your computer in a digital mean. Uh, I've just talked about a few of the features here. They do a lot more. They have uh, duplex scanning. So they scan the front and the back at the same time. They have that separation roller so they don't get two pages, doesn't jam. And, and just really great software for the Mac. I've just been, like I said, really so happy with the Fujitsu scan snaps I bought over the years. Had many uh, friends and listeners buy them over the years, and they love them too. They have uh, different models. If you don't want the big one, they have the S1300i, which is more portable, does 12 pages per minute, but it's still got that two-sided scanner. They've got the iX100, which is like a magic wand. You just throw it in your bag with you, and you can go somewhere. It scans uh, USB-powered now with wireless scanning, and all of these get the same great software. So head over to www.ez.com slash SSMPU. SSMPU, you know, ScanSnap, Mac Power Users, you get that. Pretty cool. Uh, they've got deals there, and you can check out the whole line. Uh, very happy to have Fujitsu as a sponsor. If you decide to go get it somewhere other, else than that link, let them know you heard about us through an email or a tweet. We'd really appreciate it. But the biggest thing is get yourself a good uh, Fujitsu scanner. It's going to take care of all those paper problems you got piled up around your house. So thanks, Fujitsu, for sponsoring the show. Sean, I want—I know we want to get into the nuts and bolts of the tools that you use, but I figure maybe a good place to start um, is maybe some tools that are unique to the type of work that you do is maybe tell us a little bit about how you produced this course, because you're doing some high-end video production with this. I mean, are, are you doing this yourself? Are you outsourcing these? or I am not doing it myself. Um, I thought about it, but I was like, you know, just God help me. Um, I actually kind of had an inflection point this year with the, with the course going like, I need help. I, I can no longer kind of like just do all this stuff on my own. Um, so I hired Pat Dryberg. He helped me design the website and build the website. Uh, a friend of mine, Paul Jarvis kind of contributed some uh, plugins that we use. So as you go through the course, like it tracks your progress. Um, so the whole thing is like custom built. Um, I actually spent like almost like, well, I don't know. Like almost thirty thousand dollars, actually. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll share that. Wow. It's it's a lot of work, like that went into to building it. And this is the sort of thing that I would have done by myself, but I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can pay this forward and and have other people help me. 
So we ended up like a huge custom version of the website. It's all built on WordPress and you kind of go through. And so each, um, like each day of the course is, is basically just like a, a custom blog post in WordPress. And then there's a little button that you click at the end of each assignment that you say, I've completed this. And then it kind of tracks your progress and you can see this like on the, the, the main table of contents page that has all the each day's assignment and things like that. There's little green uh, check boxes next to each one that kind of, you know, shows what you've done and what you haven't done yet. And then the videos are actually uh, a really good friend of mine here in Kansas city. Um, we've been friends for a long time and he got into video production about three years ago and he mostly does um, like kind of more fancy uh, like, like I don't, I don't want to say like commercials, but um, like, like promo videos or stuff like that. That's, you know, a lot of cool B roll put together and, and a lot of cool animation and, and the graphic stuff with, you know, uh, vocals over the top of it. I was like, well, surely you could just do talking head stuff. He's like, oh yeah, that's easy. So we, I kind of told him the setup and I just went into his living room and just did a whole bunch of the talking head videos. Um, I I I was going to ask if that was your house because it is immaculately decorated. It is not my house. And Mm. well, it's his house too, but it doesn't look like that in regular. Um, He's got four kids and they're, I think the oldest is 12. So So this is like the room that nobody touches because it's set up for daddy's workstation. Nobody touches. Yep. Uh, but I told him, I was like, I wanted to be, I want to be at a table. So I wanted to feel like we're having a conversation. I wanted to be kind of close up, but not super close up, you know, not, not like awkward close. Um, and then also about like, I want some books in the background. I want natural light. I want it to feel warm. And like, I just kind of gave him kind of what I was hoping for. Um, there's a, I have a, a friend, her name's Havila Kyington. And so she does a lot of stuff like this. She does these, these free online video classes. And then she writes, uh, a workbook that goes with it. And then you can buy the workbook on Amazon and, and use that as you go through her studies. Uh, and her videos are super, super well done. I just love them. And they feel very, you just feel friendly, like genuine, personal. You don't feel like you're being talked at. You feel like you're being, you know, like you're talking with somebody. So I kind of like sent him some screenshots of her stuff. And I was like, I, I want it to look like this. Um, so, so he, he did great. I think, I mean, it's just like a Canon five or six D uh, DSLR and then like the 50 millimeter lens. And then I used a, um, this is, this is like a nerdy point. So we used a teleprompter app on my iPad and you just buy like a teleprompter rig. That's just like the mirror, um, for like a hundred bucks on Amazon or 150 bucks on Amazon, super cheap. And then you use a teleprompter app on your iPad that, you know, does the reverse text. And then you just lay the iPod iPad down and it shines on the mirror and then I, you can pair like a Bluetooth keyboard with it. So I just had my Apple Bluetooth keyboard paired to the teleprompter app and it was just on the floor. And then like my big toe was on the space bar <laughs> and oh, I would just man. hit the space bar to like stop and start the teleprompter um, as I was going. Cause I just kind of had talking points for the video. Cause as you know, your listeners have probably already discovered, I like to go on bunny trails once I start talking. And so I knew that I needed uh, something to keep me on track to, to only say the, the main points for the video so that they could be concise and, and to the point. I should so, totally try that. Cause I just script everything. Like even the sentence, I wrote this down before we started. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. Well, I'm going to get scripting. you a teleprompter yeah. app, David. Yeah, Katie wants a teleprompter app where she can type on her keyboard and the words show up on my screen. <laughs> <Yes>. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, now, now uh, the you know it's kind of like a piano player thing, you know, tapping with a toe. <laughs> yeah, well, so it, it worked great though. So yeah, you're what, barefoot what I, for all these videos, is what you're telling us. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. The, now, what which app did you use? Did you? I mean, did you spend any time looking at them, or did you, I spent 
a lot of time trying to find one that could do, um, you know, that you could import your scripts from Dropbox because that's, you know, I so, uh, had all the, the, the talking points basically as plain text files. I wanted them in Dropbox and then to sync with the Bluetooth keyboard to do, you know, r- flip the text and stuff like that. And a lot of them are like, here's the free version that does like, you know, it just, you hit play and you have to stare at the iPad. It doesn't reverse the text and you can't pause it. You can't control it. And then if you want more, you got to buy it. So all that to say, I had a few and I had a very, I, I couldn't find a good one. And then finally, like the last day I tweeted about like my, my lament of, you know, I was losing all my okay, hair. Before, these, before you answer, before you answer, can I tell you what I think it is? The, uh, I don't even, I'm going to have to look it is up. Is it Teleprompt Plus from Bombang? Bombing? Um, I'm not even sure. That's one that I, I've used that one once and it was very good, but I there's no, I don't think so. It was the one that I used was not very good. Um, the support was pretty rough for it. it. It was, I was pretty frustrated with it. I ended up actually, um, it wouldn't even, it stopped pairing like, and maybe this was an iPad problem. Maybe it's not that software, but like I couldn't get the iPad to pair with my, my keyboard. So I had to, <laughs> this is going even nerdier. I had to get the iPhone version of the app as well. Then you can use the iPhone as a remote control for the iPad. But then I paired the keyboard to my iPhone and then the keyboard would trigger the iPhone and the iPhone was paired with the iPad. And that's how I was getting the the text to stop and start as I'm going. Cause you know, I'd have a talking point and I don't want to pause the text. So I could expand on that talking point and then continue with my talking points on, on the teleprompter. So I needed it to be able to, to pause and, and, and start it again. I have a dumb question. Um, now is the purpose of the mirror is just so you can lay the iPad down. It's, there's not really any other purpose, right? Right. So the, the way it works is yeah, right behind the mirror is the camera. Ah. And, and so, so like in, in reality, the camera is actually filming through the, the, the text itself. Like there's the mirror, it's at this you know, 40 degree that. angle or whatever. Um, but the camera doesn't like, it doesn't pick up. The, the camera doesn't see the text whatsoever. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't pick up anything. It's, it's, it's well, amazing. Okay. So cause they can tell you're looking below or above. Right. So, so that yeah. way you're looking right at the camera. Um, so you know, from where I'm sitting, I would see, I just see the text. I stare right at the screen and then past that screen is that's where the camera yeah. lens is. So it looks like you're looking at the, well, at the camera. See, that was a dumb question. I didn't realize that though. I didn't Not know. a dumb question. No dumb uh, questions. Only dumb answers. Right. Um, so, so you did this and then, and so then you had other people helping you with the editing of the, of the video when it was done. Yeah. So my friend did all the videos we did. So when I first launched the course in June, um, there was, 18 videos for the course. And there were like seven of them were for the course itself. So like an introductory, like, you know, welcome. And then like a day one kind of kickoff. And then there's five modules. So then I had a a video for each module, but the course itself, there's 40 days and each individual day itself, there was not a video for that. So that's something I just, I I'm I'm making a big update right now. So a couple of weeks ago, we went in, we did all the videos for all 40 days. Plus I'm doing this free class that we talked about, the Elements of Focus. And there's 17 videos for that class. And so we did those videos, plus a couple extra, like a, you know, like a pitch video to get people to sign up for the class um, and things like that. So we ended up doing 60 videos in five days, um, which was actually like, it was kind of crazy, but it was actually a lot of fun. It was a nice change of pace. It's kind me. of fun when you take a project and all like that. And this kind of harkens back to something you said earlier is, um, you know, you know, you have all this other stuff you're juggling, but when you can 
have the luxury of just focusing on one thing for multiple days, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. But in, in my experience, you can't do that for long periods of time because you have the weight of the other stuff adding up. And then frankly, I just don't think you have that much focus. I, I, I used to notice when I um, first started trying cases that I would be working really hard for maybe weeks at a time. And when it was over, even if I went into the office, nothing, I didn't do anything worth a damn for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, like my, just, yeah. it, it, so then I, I just said, I'm just taking a couple of days off afterwards because I'm not getting anything done anyway. Um, so that, that is an interesting problem you run into. Now you also, we kind of skipped over the pack, fact that you wrote all this material. Now, what, what tools are you using to write these days? So lately I've been doing, I, 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 I use a bunch. So I've been doing uh, Ulysses. I really like Ulysses on the Mac lately. And okay. So let me interrupt there. Mm-hmm. Ulysses is really making progress. I mean, I, I'm it's writing killer. my next field guide in it and um, cause just, I want, cause I've done them all in Scrivener, but Ulysses has got a, an iPad app now. So I thought, you know, let me give it a try. And um, they really, it, it's not as, it's not as deep as Scrivener, you know, and, and some of the, the tools in Scrivener I do miss that are not there. But it's really good. And and they have an iPad app. And now they just announced they're going to have an iPhone app. So I can work on my book from anywhere, which is pretty nice. I really like I'm not in love with the iPad app. I feel like it's a little bit slow, especially with the sync. Um, and that when I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I think mean, it's iCloud sync is, in the back. I think right. Exactly. Yeah. It is. And I yeah. think that's that's the problem. Um, I mean, what you going to do? But the Mac app, I think, is just gorgeous. I love it. It's it's a little quirky. Ulysses has def- it's definitely got some, you know, uh, opinions about it itself, which I think is usually the mark of, of the best kind of software. Um, and so there's a few things it does that I don't fully love, like the way it, it like half does markdown, half doesn't do markdown. Um, but it's so easy to just export stuff out. So we wrote a, a day one, um, you know, kind of like a like a Max Sparky field guide. You know, we, we kind of ripped, ripped that, that idea, but went with uh, day one. We did like a big in-depth. <laughs> you did a great job of it. Thank you. And so yeah. I wrote the whole thing in Ulysses and that was fun, easy to export it out. And then, uh, you know, we just grabbed the markdown. I, I took your idea, like write it all in markdown somewhere else and then take that markdown, drop it into iBooks author and then convert that into your rich text. Um, and yeah. so it, it was a little bit more tedious, but I wasn't, I mean, iBooks author is still close to like the worst application on the planet but yeah. not quite yeah. uh, and this definitely made it easier yeah did you get a lot of like memory leak crashes towards the end not too much yeah. um I, I we don't have a ton of multimedia so i think yeah, it was that's it when was, you're in trouble you put yeah, a lot exactly. of video in but the uh but that's like the power tip if you're gonna write a book on ibooks author is don't do any formatting until you got the the text in in iBooks author. Right. Don't write the book in iBooks author, but don't write it somewhere well, else. It's, they're, they're like almost contrary goals. Number one yeah. is don't write the book in iBooks author. Cause it's, it's not a word processor, you know, or a text editor or anything. It's a book layout tool, but you would think that means then, okay, so then I'm going to do like bold and links and stuff in wherever I'm writing the book, but that's not true either. So you write the, you write the raw naked text in somewhere else and then you put it in iBooks author and then you do work on the text there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's why I like the markdown because then you can just go yeah. through and you can, you can see, Oh, yeah. this is, you know, double asterisk. So this is bold and whatever. Exactly. And you can just find and replace and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I do a lot of writing in Ulysses. Um, I also really like IA writer. The, the newest IA writer pro is, uh, it's really growing on me. It's super fast. Um, it actually might turn into my simple note. I use simple note for like notes. 
Um, but the new IA writer with the, like the little library and like, I don't know, it's, it's pretty great. Hey, Katie, are you doing much text working and just plain text anymore? You know, and that was a question that I was going to bring up is when do you guys decide that it's time for a change? Because as I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, you're, you're in Ulysses and you're an IA writer, I love ByWord and I'm, I use ByWord for everything all the time and everything starts in ByWord and I'll put it in Microsoft Word if I need to, but it's what I've used forever and I don't really have any desire to change. I'm kind of of the opinion of if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I I guess that could kind of bring up a, a side question of when do you decide to go exploring to look at new apps versus just being satisfied with what you have? When I'm putting off more important work. (laughs) <laughs> Probably. So it's a, yeah. I mean, cause you know, we're, we're geeks. We, we do love to fiddle, but that's just an area where I've kind of been content. It's funny. You know, I, I'm, I've been a Byword user for years. I think it's like from the beginning. Um, I don't know, like a while ago, I just was, I'm just going to see what, how the other side lives and yeah, just been enjoying. I think Ulysses has, you know, Ulysses, like I checked that out and it like just instantly got me hooked. Um, especially for bigger projects. It's so great. Yeah, that, that would be my answer to the question is, mm-hmm. is it's the size of the project. I mean, like, for instance, you know, so I'm such a nerd. I, I had a big legal writing project recently, and I did that in Scrivener. And Byword isn't even a consideration for me because I'm sorry, Ulysses isn't even a consideration because one thing that um, that Scrivener does is that I put all my research in there. I've got PDFs and Web pages and all kinds of junk. And you take Scrivener full screen and the left side, you can put your research and have all those assets. And then the right side, you do your writing and Scrivener still is the absolute king of, of that type of writing. Nothing comes close. Uh, uh, Ulysses is something I'm writing a book. I'm, I know what I want to say in a book. I don't really have research. It's in my brain. So I can, but I need kind of an organization to organize the tools and I want to be able to use it on the iPad too. But that's a big project. And then for all the other stuff, like Katie, by and large, most of the writing I do, like when I'm writing letters and things like that, or even small briefs, I just do them in ByWord. So I guess the answer to my, my answer to your question would be, it depends on what you're doing. And then once we get beyond kind of the productivity course, we can just talk a little bit more about, you know, the day-to-day tools that you're using um, for, for calendaring, for managing your email, for task managing and all of that. But um, maybe before we get to all that, we should take a break and talk about our last sponsor for this episode. Uh, And that is our good friends over at Smile Software. And I want to talk about, again, one of my longtime favorite applications, and that is PDF Pen. And I live in PDFs. You know, everybody is sending me PDFs. I've got to save documents as PDFs and send them out to people. And my power tool of choice for PDFs forever has been PDF Pen Pro. And so PDF Pen by Smile has, there are a couple of versions. Um, There's the regular PDF Pen. If you need a little more power, there's PDF Pen Pro. And now they've got PDF Pen for iOS. So a couple of things that you can do with all the versions of PDF Pen. So you can take a PDF and you can add text and images and signatures to your PDF. So if you need to drop a signature in or initial something on a PDF, you can do that. If you find a typo in your PDF and you need to correct text in the original PDF, you can do that. You can highlight text and it will create editable blocks of text. Um, You can fill out interactive PDFs and forms and send them back. Um, You can erase text or redact text, including if someone sends you a PDF document um, and it's just a scan of a document, meaning that the the words aren't highlightable. What you can do is PDF Pen can run optical character recognition on that PDF or OCR, which means it's going to read that PDF and it's going to make all of those text words highlightable now and which is searchable. So you can 
can now search for that text and redact that text and replace that text and do whatever you want with that text now. Um, it even has the ability to export to Microsoft Word. So if you've got a PDF document, if someone sends you a PDF document and you think that you'd really like to have it in Microsoft Word so you can do stuff with it, PDF Pen can do that now. And if you go up to the pro version of PDF Pen, you can do even more. You can export to Excel or PowerPoint or the new PDF a format. Uh, you can make interactive PDF web forms. You know how people send you forms that you can type in? Now you can create those forms as well. Um, and you can create, um, you can take a web page and suck down an entire site uh, to create a composite PDF. And then you can even create great hyperlinks in your PDF documents. So you can create table of contents and take this huge PDF and make it bookmarkable and table uh, with a table of contents so you can jump all around. Um, PDF Pen Pro and PDF uh, PDF Pen can both sync with your PDFs on PDF Pen for iPad uh, via iCloud Drive. Um, you can touch up uh, all of these documents with that you've synced in. Uh, you can also sync documents over Dropbox and all of the other cloud services. Um, you can go check it out by visiting smilesoftware.com slash MPU to get more information. You can download a free trial of either PDF Pen or PDF Pen Pro uh, from the Smile site and try it before you buy it. Uh, check it out. This uh, Max Sparky's guy has done some great videos showing off all the great features of PDF Pen if you want to learn some more information. And if you're a previous owner of PDF Pen, uh, upgrades are available if you've ordered a, a prior version directly from Smile. So you might be eligible for either upgrade pricing or educational pricing as well. Uh, so go check it out at smilesoftware.com slash MPU. And thanks to Smile for your continued support of the show. So Sean, um, y- you still need to, even though you've doing this new new gig you still need to actually probably keep a calendar and keep track of things right oh totally i do yeah i mean for things like showing up for the mac power users podcast yeah so so um and i know that you're also kind of an analog guy i mean you you have your notebooks and your your uh pencils and pens right your pencils <laughs> or pens team pencils pens. Or? team pens all right okay the um so but but um so what what are the tools that help you get it done? And I'm, I'm interested in the analog solutions as well. Cause I know I hear from people that say, you know, I don't need your fancy programs. I have, you know, note cards in my pocket or, or whatever, you know, so what are you using to, to hold all this together? So I've got uh, like a Baron fig notebook and their confidant notebooks, I think are just super, super awesome. I don't even know I was gonna... How do you spell that Baron fig? If somebody's listening, cause I'm, I'm just thinking of a, you know, a, Baron, Baron Fig? B-A- Baron, like B-A-R-O-N. Okay. And Fig, like F-I-G. See, I, I'm so out of it, I never heard of them before. And look, yeah, they they're, got a whole page. They're super great. Notebooks um, for thinkers. Yeah, I love their stuff. Okay. I, I, I kind of have like a Baron Fig. I have more notebooks than I can go. I buy like a new notebook from them every couple of months, but it takes me like six months to go through one. So I'm I'm accumulating them faster than I can go through them. Yeah, Katie's like that, except it's Hue Lights, Philips Hue Lights. She has them in every room of her house. <laughs> I, I do not. Don't start that rumor. <laughs> there's a, there's still that one room that they're not in yet. I, I have that. I have that, except it's Sonos components. They, they, they continue to grow in my house. I think those are a little more expensive. <laughs> yeah, than I think so too. <laughs> so I haven't, I've, I've, I've been avoiding dipping my toe in that water. Cause I know once I'm, oh, yeah. once I'm in, don't, I'm, I'm don't, in trouble. You're lost. I'm, yeah. I'm lost. So, I'm lost. Help. <laughs> so I have, so the way, like, so I, uh, like we said, I, I write down at the end of my work day, I basically write down the, the topic for tomorrow that I'm going to write about, um, along with any other, like my most important tasks, like what are tomorrow's, you know, main three, uh, you know, most important tasks. Like this is what I need to get done. And that's it. I just kind of write that down. And one thing I like about writing it down is, um, you know, just, it, okay. I kind of step back 
And you, like when you're writing, like there's nothing else there. No other tasks that I didn't get done today staring at me. It's just, I'm on a blank page. I'm just writing tomorrow's stuff. Um, and so it's just, it's just easier to think. And it's, yeah, it's, I write, my handwriting is slower, but there's a, a point where sometimes like efficiency, like you get diminishing returns for me. It's like, I could write this faster in OmniFocus, but writing it by hand is, is it's just nicer, whatever. Yeah. And it's nice. I just like to write. I, I kind of feel that way with the iPad. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes longer to do something, but maybe it's that that's okay. But by single focusing on it, single tasking it, actually the long term, you're actually doing it quicker. Yeah. Uh, because you're you're doing it uninterruptedly, if that's the word, uninterruptedly. Yeah. But you also yeah, do you also? I mean, do you track all your tasks through your notebook, or do you have a digital no. means? Or yeah, so, so everything. So OmniFocus is still kind of like the brain for me. So everything that has a due date, everything I want to do, ideas, etc., 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 all of that lives in OmniFocus. Um, and so I actually have a time. So my most important stuff, uh, like I don't have in OmniFocus what I'm going to write about tomorrow. Um, so that kind of stuff, like I still am writing that by hand. Um, cause I've got like a, I have like an editorial calendar that I, I follow and things like that. Um, and I have that on paper. It's just, you know, pinned up next to my desk here. And so, uh, I write down my most important tasks and then, uh, in the morning I'll, I'll wake up, come downstairs and I'm starting my day. And so I go, okay, here's my three main things that I need to do that I chose yesterday, like that I made kind of, you know, apart from emotional, whatever, I just, you know, I knew that this was what I needed to do today. Um, and so like, I feel like those are good sound judgment calls. And then I open up OmniFocus. Okay. What's due today or like what, um, you know, what have I kind of deferred to try to get done today that I want to get done today? Um, and then everything else, just all the, the miscellaneous stuff lives in OmniFocus. Anything that doesn't need to get done today um, is in OmniFocus, everything else I put in the Baron Fig. And then the Baron Fig kind of like is like my master. This is like my ideal day. And then I, I map out how much time everything's going to take. So I look, okay, I got 30 minutes for writing. This other task I need to do. Okay, that's going to take me an hour. This is going to take me half an hour. And then, you know, this over there is going to take me 45 minutes. And so kind of like these little blocks, and then I just kind of move them about, open up Fantastical, look at my calendar. Um, you know, do I have any appointments today? Usually not. I I'm, I mostly just kind of have my whole day free. Um, though I do try to get lunch with with people, so I usually have a a, a block in the afternoon for lunch, either with my family upstairs or um, you know got to meet some friends or you know business people in, in the city or something like that. So I had that that lunch break, but then okay, kind of schedule my morning, schedule my afternoon, even schedule my evening to say like, okay, you know this is my family time. When that's done, I'm going to spend. I'm going to read this book, or I'm going out with these friends, or I'm going over to this, or my wife and I are going to hang out, watch a movie or whatever it may be, and kind of just map out my entire day. Um, it sounds kind of like in depth, but the whole thing takes me about six minutes. Like it, you know, once I've done it a few times, you just kind of like you just get so, familiar with it. So that. getting back to that personal, uh, I forget the phrase you use, personal, um, personal integrity. integrity. So you actually will calendar, okay, we're going to watch a movie at 7 p.m. with the kids or something like that. Yeah. And a lot of it actually, like for me, it's giving myself permission to watch a movie. And I am kind of more the bend of like, if I'm not doing something productive, gosh darn it, I'm just wasting my time and withering away. And to be like, no, like it's okay to watch a movie with your wife a couple times a week. And, and, and like, that's all right. But the nerd side of you needs to write it down. The nerd side of me likes to write it down and even just to say like, this is, this is how I'm going to spend my evening. And, and that also gives me like, just with my personality, it gives me a chance to look forward to it yeah um, and, it. and to prepare. And, and then when it's, you know, the kids go down, our, our boys go down at seven o'clock and then it's like, 
I know that now this is a time to focus on, you know, hanging out with my wife and we're going to make popcorn or we're going to watch a movie. And I can, I can be there without feeling this tug of like, you know, especially, I mean, you guys can probably relate to this kind of as you guys are entrepreneurs, you've got your side projects. There's always another email. There's always another tweet to check. Like, I just always feel that tug to just like check something. You you want to hear a sad story? Sure. 10 minutes before we started recording my, uh, my wife and daughter are out Christmas shopping and they said they're going to get home around seven, which is about time we're going to finish. And I feel disconnected because I haven't really talked to them for a couple of days. So I said, okay, we're all going out to dinner. And you know what I did? I, I made a calendar entry. I, I, <laughs> why, why do I do that? Because as soon as the show's over, I'm going out to dinner tonight. I don't need that in my calendar. I don't need a reminder of that, but I think that there's something in there that talks to us, you know? Well, and it gives you permission to be like, this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. You know, if you were like, you know, if you had a meeting with Tim Cook, you wouldn't be like checking your email while you're meeting with him, yeah. you know? And so it's like, you're taking that seriously just as much as you take dinner with your family. Seriously, I, I think somebody wrote a book. I don't know. You may know who it was. Um, and I read it years ago and I thought it was a good book. And one of the things is they said, add a routine calendar to your calendar system. So like I have mm. the, the, the legal calendar, the Max Barkey calendar, a couple different cal- family calendar. I also have one called routine where I put in things that are routine, like, you know, I like to garden in the morning. That's one of the things that has happened to me since I've changed my life as I get up and I'm one of those weirdos. That, I love it. And uh, so I have like, you know, 630 to 715 garden, you know, on my calendar. It's a routine calendar. It's a repeating event. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just I don't know. I, it, it helps me. Katie, do you have that sickness as well? Or is it just me and Sean? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a sickness. I mean, you, we all got 168 hours, right? I mean, like. It's, it's going all, somehow. I thought it was 300. Damn it. <laughs> ah, that explains everything. I mean, it's all going somewhere. And you know, so I like to, you know, I like to decide how I want it, how my time's going to go. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason that I, I don't put those types of things on my calendar, like gardening on my calendar or, and, and maybe I should, or like going to the gym on my calendar is because if I put it on my calendar, it's an appointment. And I, I know I'm not going to get up and garden every morning from, from seven to seven fifteen, And I feel like if I put it on my calendar and I don't make that appointment, I, I'm, I'm just going to feel a little devastated all day long. No, and that's absolutely start, true. You got to live start, up to it. Right. So, but, but I, I would maybe, say that, maybe I'm just not ready to make those commitments. Yeah. But, but what I would say is someone uh, that's commuting to work every day, because I was using this when I was at, at the firm as well. It really kind of helped me be more realistic about things like, you know, you know, I am going to spend an hour a day in a car going back and forth. Oh, no, and my it's like, commute is when, three minutes. Oh, uh, really? Lucky yeah. you. It's great. But I mean, when you start block, blocking in, like I'm going to have an extended lunch appointment, it's going to take two hours. And like in the middle of the day, you know, putting those times in like that, I really feel like it helps you be more realistic about what your expectations are for the day. Absolutely. I think that's huge. And it, you know, gives you some space. Well, let me ask a side question then of what do you do when you have one of those days where things go sideways and you know that you're not going to be able to make those commitments that you've put on your calendar Um, or the things that you've, yeah, the things that you've written out on your list of these are the top three things Mm -hmm. that I'm going to get today. These are the things that I have on my calendar and and something happens. Maybe it's not a disaster. I mean, let's don't make it something bad has happened, but, but something has happened that has upset your world. A car is broken down or a a friend has an emergency Mm -hmm. and needs help or something has happened that is, that has upset your world and you're just not going to be able to make those things. Usually, um, if it's, if it's that much, I'm not going to be able to get anything done for the whole day. Like it's like, all right, I'll just, you know, reset and start over tomorrow. 
Um, and that can be hard. I think, especially like if it's a car breaking down, like that can feel frustrating because, you know, you feel like this car is intruding on what's most important to me. Um, but yeah, if it's a friend that needs help or, you know, something comes up with family or whatever, um, it can be pretty easy to just be like, yeah, this is, this is more important. This is clearly more important and, and that's fine. And, and giving, just throwing everything else out the window and just focusing on whatever it is that comes up. A lot of times though, I'm able to, um, if it's, if I had work that was really important, most of my work is not due today. I try to be, uh, like at least a week ahead with my content, if not like several weeks ahead. So most of the stuff that that's my most important stuff to do today is it's, it's important work, but it's not necessarily urgent. Right. I mean, like the whole Covey Eisenhower matrix, right. And the urgent, important, not urgent, not important, you know, guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like the quadrants. So, so most of my stuff, I feel like I'm, I've kind of gotten to that point where I'm, I'm able to be ahead of, of kind of my editorial calendar ahead of stuff. And so usually if something is urgent, um, it's like, you know, one of the sites went down or there's, you know, something like that is happening or, you know, whatever. Um, and that, even that stuff like very rarely happens. So most of the stuff that happens that, that sends my day sideways is going to be, you know, family related, um, or just, you know, personal life related. And that's, that's easy to just let that Trump, uh, the, the stuff that I needed to do. And then maybe I can catch back up the next night or I'll just hit reset and start over tomorrow. Yeah. One of the advantages of, a, of having a system like OmniFocus is you can, like when I have that problem, Katie, I bet you do the same thing. I think yeah. you're just setting me up here, but the, uh, the, you know, I was more I, so shutting Shoshana up. I already know you're. Uh, okay. Well then I won't say <laughs> no, just move no, it. I think it's important. But you know, I have a hot list. You go to the hot list, you deal with the hot list and then the rest of it just defer one day and then forget about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, everybody needs a way to deal with it. I think if you have a way to deal with it, and I don't care how you do it, whether it's on a piece of paper or you, write it on the back of a napkin. I, I think when you have a system that you trust with this stuff, it, it really allows you to put aside those things. I mean, for me, the interruptions I get often are kids. I mean, good example. The other day, um, you know, my daughter goes to school pretty far from our house. It's an art school. So uh, the guy who's supposed to drive that day couldn't find his car keys, you know, and I had a bunch of stuff planned for the morning and I just pushed it off and I, I drove the kids. And, you know, when you have kids, that stuff is always going to happen. And if you've got a way that you can just put it out of your mind and not stress over it, your bucks ahead. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part is, is not stressing over it, but that's the system, right? You have mm-hmm. a system that you say, okay, my system just handled that for me. Now I can spend the next hour and a half dealing with this problem. And then when I get back, the rest of it will sort itself out. Yeah, that's huge. Um, what, what about some of the other, um, so you, you're a fantastic hell guy. Um, mm-hmm. what, what email, what are you running email through? Are you a Google uh, mail guy or what, what's your uh, system? Yeah. So I have like a personal, uh, just iCloud email and then all of our like business emails run on, on Google and I switched over to airmail and have been liking it. It's a little, I've been using Mac mail since like, you know, tiger or something. Yeah. Um, and so I got a lot of just stuff in there. I'm just familiar with it. I like it, but it has become completely unreliable for me with my Google accounts. Yeah. And I, I just think it's a mistake. If you're going to use Gmail, just stay out of Apple mail. Those two, they're like, um, they're like, they're like cousins that can barely stand each other. It's so bizarre like that. I mean, I don't know if it, I, I it's just bizarre that it just, it literally like doesn't work. It, it works fine on my uh, phone. So on my phone, I just use the default uh, mail app and all my Google email stuff in there works fine. But on the Mac, it just doesn't, it's, it's completely unreliable. It won't sync. It crashes all the time, et cetera. So I switch over to airmail. Uh, for my Google accounts and it's 
It's great. I like it. It's a, it's got a lot of really cool uh, integrations that I haven't yet fully nerded out over yet, but I'm excited about it. Um, I've been thinking about moving to Wonderlist because um, I just hired like my first kind of like a full-time production assistant to help with some sure. of the stuff that we're doing. So collaboration. So, like, oh, yeah. so yeah, now we're, now we're going to need shared lists. And so I'm like, Ooh, Wonderlist, you know, might, might start checking that out. So who knows? Are but, you, you know, are you with the rest of the world and using Slack for most of your life at this point? Oh my gosh. Slack is everywhere. Yeah. I huge fan of Slack. So with tools and toys and the suite setup, um, got a bunch of, uh, guys that, that kind of help on, on a regular basis. And so we're in Slack all the time. Uh, you know, just goofing around giffy stuff. And then also, you know, a little bit of actual getting the work done as well. But, um, Slack is a fantastic tool. Yeah. Huge fan. So I use that quite a bit. Simple note for all my notes. Um, what else? I'm kind of just getting old with this stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's okay. In fact, when we had the call, you were talking about being an aging nerd. It's like, okay, you yeah. get set in your ways, you know, you know what works for you. Um, what about just kind of little utilities up in the menu bar and the, you know, on the iPhone, just the little things that uh, people may not know about, but you find uh, useful every day? Uh, I use Dropler all the time for, uh, especially like for uploading files and, and yeah. sharing links. Explain that stuff. a little bit because I'm not everybody's familiar with it. So yeah, so Dropler is, uh, it's like a little men, you know, Mac menu bar app and they've got an iPhone app as well. And you can basically just like, you have a Dropler account and, uh, you know, back when like the link shortening craze was, was kind of first, uh, when, when Twitter, like if you had a shorter URL, then you could squeeze more characters into your tweet. And now they just kind of like all tweets are just, you know, every URL is just 22 characters. It just takes up 22 characters regardless of how long or short it is. And so but before that, it used to be like every URL counted. So you wanted these short URLs that was, you know, like three letters and then like a couple just little random strings. And that's like as short as possible. Right. So you ended up with like tiny URL and bit.ly. And, and so then like Dropler was one of those. But then also you could do is you could actually like upload uh, like files to Dropler. And so you can send screenshots, images uh, full on files. Like when we're done recording this, I'll take my audio, uh, you know, file and I'll upload that to Dropler and just, you know, send you guys a link with the download for it. And so uh, you can just do all that, like kind of with a shortcut and then it just drops the, the, uh, short URL on your clipboard and then you just paste it wherever you want. Super and, cool. And the advantage of that is the recipient does not need to be a Dropler user. Uh, they just get a link and they push a button and it, it pulls it off the internet for them. Yeah, it just go, takes them to like a really nice looking web page with your file right there. If it's an image, they can see the image. If it's an audio, they could listen to it. If it's a movie, they could watch it. Uh, and if it's a zip file, they can download it, like whatever. It's, you know, super cool. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of that. And then I use the bartender, you know, to kind of keep the, the menu bar clean. Um, so that kind of hides everything for me. And you know, yeah, that, that uh, new version two is great. Oh, super nice. Um, I just like it. You know, it's just nice and tidy up there. Um, you know, one password I got, uh, caffeine. I'm using that right now so that my uh, Mac screen doesn't turn off on me while we're, we're talking. Um, I've been using rescue time a lot to track like how I spend my time on my computer. I'm, I'm so afraid of that app. <laughs> it's, so, uh, tell, it's tell people a little bit about what it does if they don't know. Yeah. So rescue time basically just runs in the background on my Mac at all times. And, uh, when you first go and you kind of set it up and you say like, okay, if I'm in, you know, pages or Ulysses or IA writer or any of these certain apps, that means I'm writing. And for me, writing is like very productive. 
And then if I'm in Twitter or I've got, you know, YouTube open or I've got, you know, whatever web, like, I don't know what other websites like The Verge or something like that, that like time waster websites. So I got these open, then that means I'm not being very productive. And if I've got, you know, mail open or if I've got Slack open, that means I'm probably being kind of productive, right? So you can like define these rules for like these apps equal this activity. And this is the scale of quote unquote productivity um, that that activity is. And then it just like tracks like where you're spending your time on your computer. And then, um, so like I have this goal of spending, uh, less than 15 minutes a day on distracting time, like Tweetbot, and, um, a minimum of two hours a day doing like, uh, you know, writing and communication stuff. And so it, it'll tell you at the end of your day, like, Hey, you did this, you know, you hit your goal, you didn't hit your goal and things like that. I'll tell you basically your overall productivity score for the week and then like when, you know, I, I had a, a lunch meeting this afternoon and so I come back from it and, you know, open up the Mac. It's like, Hey, you've been gone. What have you been doing for the last two hours and 13 minutes? And, you know, you can click that gives you options and you can say, Oh, you know, I was in a meeting or I was doing admin or just, you know, I was with my family or whatever it may be. Um, and it kind of just gives you like this hindsight, you know, we always talk about hindsight is 2020. So it kind of gives you like a picture of like, here's where your time is mostly going. Um, and for me, it's just kind of been like, it was really, really helpful for the first like month because like, I was kind of like really, Oh, you know, I don't want to, don't, don't want to log any unproductive time. So I was kind of like freaking out like the first several weeks. And then once I kind of just forgot that it was there and kind of fell into my regular, like, this is just how I use my computer routine. Um, and then starting to see those reports and starting to, to go, okay, this is how I'm generally spending my time. And like, okay, there, that, that feels good. Um, it's also so just I, good data to know. I mean, yeah, it's just helpful to know. And I feel like, I feel like I could give it up now and, and it would be okay. Um, I feel like that first month was helpful. And then like the next couple months after that, once I kind of forgot about it, uh, and just to kind of see where I'm at and just kind of my general pattern, but I'm like, okay, I'm mostly, mostly spending time on the computer the way that I want to spend it. I'm not, you know, not wasting much time watching YouTube videos, not spending too much time on tweet, uh, tweet bot. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm golden. How well do they support people now? Cause like a lot of people use more than one Mac or they use Mac and an iPad or an iPhone. Do they support, you know, to track you across the various devices? They don't track on iPhone. Um, I don't know about like multiple Macs. I think you can create, you know, multiple accounts and then sign in on multiple accounts and it'll track across those. Yeah. Um, I just have the one, um, yeah, I moved to a desktop a year ago when the Retina IMAX came out. And so I kind of just stopped using my, my MacBook Air altogether. So I'm kind of just like a one Mac guy now. Okay. And then how how much are you using the iOS devices, the phones and the iPads? You know, I was using, <laughs> so I got the iPhone 6S Plus this year. Right. Uh, as opposed like to everybody just the regu- else, I guess. Just the Not like 6. everybody. Well, it's, it's much more popular now, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see how the other side lives, you know, yeah. and... It, for the first couple of weeks, I was like, Ugh, I don't know. But once I got used to just going, this is a two handed device. It's just not a one handed device. It's two hands and it's not a phone. It's a computer. And it happens to like have a phone thing, like just going, okay, this is actually like, it, it really is like a wholly different device from the regular iPhone and from the iPad. It's just, it's like in a, its own category. Um, I hardly ever use on my iPad anymore. Not like just, not even intentionally. I just realized like, I'm just always, I'm just always reading Instapaper on my phone now instead of on my iPad. Um, and I'm not doing as much writing on my iPad anymore. 
I don't know why. So I'm mostly uh, iMac and iPhone guy now. Yeah. Well, simple simplicity actually helps. You know. I guess so. Yeah. Um, so I'm not complaining. I just I, I just kind of fell into it. I guess. Any phone apps lately that are um, blowing your hair back? Blowing my hair back. I'm I'm a huge fan of Overcast. I think it's so great. Um, I like what I'm I'm looking at them right now. Um, day one, simple note. These are kind of the apps I live in. Yeah. Good stuff. Slack. Slack is great. Well, Sean, uh, we finally did it. We finally got you on a workflow show. <laughs> you got me on a workflow show. I, you know, I just, I thought we had you. I went, when I was prepping the show today, I was like, okay, well, there's the home server show, but where's the workflow show? I'm like, what's wrong with Relay search? They can't even find the workflow show. And I'm like, oh, there, we didn't do one. Whoops. Well, anyway, uh, congratulations on everything you're doing. And, and you are just shipping some amazing stuff lately. Everybody go out, check out. If you, if the uh, first half of our show today piqued your interest at all, try the free course. He's got this great free course you can sign up for. You may end up finding you want to do even more. Um, there's also, um, so you want to go to seanblanc.net is, is the place to probably start. Uh, you've also got your interest over at Tools and Toys and the Sweet Setup. Sweet Setup. Mm-hmm. Am I missing any? The focus courses. The focus for, courses. And they have their own website yeah. as well, right? They all have their own website, yeah. Yeah. What, what's the URL for the focus course? Thefocuscourse.com. Oh, well, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. And um, and you can find you on Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter handle? Sean Blanc. Okay. So, so everybody go check them out. And Sean, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure. I, I, it's fun nerding out with you guys. Oh, yeah. Awesome. You bet. And uh, we will have links to everything that we talked about in the show notes that you can find at uh, our website at relay.fm slash MPU. Uh, you can also support the show directly from that website if you so desire. Um, you can find us on Twitter. The show is Mac Power Users. I'm Katie Floyd and David is Max Sparky. And uh, if you want to send an audio comment or an email for us to follow up on our MPU live show, which is coming up uh, in a week or two from this recording, you can send that to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. And now, according to my calendar, I have to go out to dinner. So we'll see you all next week. Bye.